Welcome to the Free Parking Show with your hosts, Amos, Rich, Ryan, and Peter. Four sports journalists cover the world of sports with the utmost professionalism, or as much as they can muster after five beers. Good evening and welcome to the Friday Night Free For All on the Free Parking Show. We have got a great show for you tonight. Uh, Peter, man, I missed you last week. It was yeah. it was tough running that uh, that podcast. I couldn't get anybody to come and fill in that knew, you know, that wanted actually wasn't shy to come on the radio with me. So uh, I'm glad you're back and we can kind of get back to business on this Walking Dead. Me too, man. Me too. So, glad to be yeah. back. Yeah, so before we get going, an interesting story happened. We've had a lot of rain here this winter, and for those that live in Elizabeth, you know, in my listening area who know who I am and where I live, uh, you you guys all have seen the pictures of my driveway. It was funny, like two days ago, the state decides they come and they cut a trench going from the bad spot that I've got pictures posted on my Facebook wall, and they cut a trench going from the bad spot down to the ditch. I thought it was like UPS or the post office that came and tore my yard up. So it was kind of like, you know, I was mad. I was like literally going to call them out and cuss them out. Uh, my wife and my mother-in-law, they both said, no, no, the state did that. So they wanted to drain the water out. But what they did, what really made me irritated was they left the dirt like laying right there in, in my driveway where I had to get out of the car go move the stuff out of the way and then kind of bury the thing back in because whatever they did work because there's no water in the puddle there. Then I came home today from school and the gym and they dumped a whole, my, my, everybody was telling me it was a whole front loader full of, uh, not actual sand. Cause you, you've seen, I put sand in there. I've put in mulch in that spot. I tried everything to fill the sand. So apparently I was told that they dumped a whole front load of, uh, uh, of dirt, actual dirt, not sand. Sand will dissipate away, but they they say it was mixed with like stone and crunch rock and everything else. So I still don't know that it's going to hold over, but we will see. It, it's been a really really interesting week. So, but with that, yeah, I know I know me and you were talking about that, and you were like, just got there, move it out of the way. I said no, they just saved me about a hundred dollars worth of work at least for the next few months because everybody's telling me it's going to last a while so but it, apparently it's it's their property anyway from the from like the closer you get to the road it belongs to the state so they're responsible for it thank god so had i known that i probably wouldn't have done it at all so anyway what we've done tonight is, is i i think we've got uh, i've gotten 10 uh key points from the walking dead from last week's episode uh, then we're going to go to about eight points for Better Call Sound and get into the rest of the news bits that we have dug up. Uh, but before we do that, I want to hear what your take was on uh, the season, pre- the mid-season premieres episode, on what you thought about what was going on and everything. I really like the mid-season premiere. I was the way that episode began was pretty crazy. Uh, obviously, hopefully, whoever watched that, whoever watched The Walking Dead, is listening has watched that episode because. It was pretty awesome when Daryl just came out and used a rocket launcher to blow everybody up. That was probably the most badass part of that whole episode. And probably one of the best episodes of the entire show since it began. And I, I enjoyed it. And the, and the episode after Quiet. was really cute. But the first one was just incredible and uh, really pretty violent, actually. Uh, a lot more violent than I thought it was going to be. Yeah, you, you, said, you just told me you had a quick story you wanted to tell. 
Yeah, so I don't know if you've uh, been watching the news, Rich, but I don't know if you know the Mexican president saying he's not going to build a wall. I don't, know if you're, I don't know if you've heard about that. He, uh, uh, he dropped the F-bomb on Mexican TV. I believe it was Mexican News the other week, and then today on Fox News, it was either today or yesterday, this woman asked him, and he, he, he said it again, he goes, I'm not going to build that effing wall, and he put an emphasis on the F word. And the look on this woman's face was just hilarious. I'll send you the video later, but it's really funny. <laughs> it, it, it's the, the irony of it is, is we're going to talk as soon as we get done with this week's episode about how they're going to deal with the Negan character because I dug up some information. It's You can find it online, but it, it's pretty interesting on what they did to introduce Negan for the, 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 the season finale for this year. So... The first Walking Dead key points from this week was, if you didn't catch it, you're spoiled like they do in the Talking Dead, 5, 4, 3, 2, 1, spoiler alert. The two-month jump between the last two episodes. You know, I, I noticed that when they explained it, because when they came out with Judith, and you know, the baby just looked like she had grown. I was like, wait a minute, what, what is the time difference here? So apparently everything has been two months in advance which kind of explains why the ever the 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 community itself was pretty calm. Yeah, I well when my girlfriend and I were watching the episode, we thought it was a future, you know, something like down the road. Yeah. Because I was like, how the hell is Carl walking around? This dude just got shot in the face and lost his eye, and is somehow walking around. But then, but then, like you said, during the talking, did you find out it's been two months since <clears throat> the uh, the mid season? Premiere, so I, I enjoyed the episode. Uh, I'm I'm wondering how the eye is going to affect him because she was talking about when he was aiming a gun the other night that it's going to scoop his depth perception. So I wonder if uh, he's going to have some bad shots and shooting somebody shoot in one of these episodes coming up because you know how when things like this happen, it kind of spirals downward when something happens to one of the main characters. Yeah, it, it, it and that brings us to our uh, second key point: uh, Carl's eye progression. You know, we saw the the end of the, the mid-season premiere and his eye was completely ripped off. This time he's walking around, he's got like a little bandage on it. So I, I don't know, I have not heard anything about how Chandler Riggs is going to adapt the kid that plays Carl to to his vision. Or they put like some sort, if they've got, they're going to make it like, I know he's supposed to eventually wear an eye patch. But it's going to be interesting on how his vision is going to be impaled during filming. Yeah, that's not something I even thought of. I wonder if, you know, they're going to give him a patch, if they're going to give him one where he can do it, but it looks like, you know, a real patch. But I am interested to see how it's going to affect it, because I know on this show they really put emphasis on making it as real as they possibly can. So I think they're going to make him be one-eyed during the take. So, I wonder, so and I know that they, they when they film during the day, it's not artificial light when they film at night. You know, they, I've heard it on other episodes where they have limited nighttime or limited day, so they have to be careful about how they film it. So you've got to wonder if his eyes, if the eyes, going to be trouble, more troublesome at night than it is during the day. But I'm curious to see how it's going to affect his, you know, the obviously the way he'll be on the show because when you only have one uh, one eye to use, uh, it, it kind of I would assume throw a through, throw a loop through things, so or throw things through a loop, so. Perhaps, and, and this is just a theory I have, maybe they had him practice before they started filming again. And I wouldn't be surprised if we find that out later down the road that he was wearing an eye patch when he wasn't when he wasn't on set just trying to get ready for this role. Because, you know, this show, they, they have a lot of hidden secrets. They don't, they don't uh, give anything out to the public until it airs. And I, I think, uh, Rich, you probably heard this too on The Talking Dead where 
characters will come on and they say that they had to stay in hiding. At a, uh, this one guy, I forget who it was, was in was uh, hiding. Lenny, in a bed. yeah, uh, Morgan. Yeah. Morgan. Yeah, he Morgan was in a was bed and breakfast, I think, for a few weeks. And they, the people that worked there were told not to say anything. And I don't think he could leave the hotel. No. So they're, they're really hush-hush about stuff on the show, what's that like? Because it makes it a lot more intriguing. And that may be why we haven't seen any set photos of Negan except for the grainy image of, you know, the one that they released, that somebody released online, and you can still see it. Uh, the key point number three is we're moving down the list, but before I get to that, the text number, if you have any comments you want to add to our little discussion, the text in number here is 252 621-2065. Once again, that's 252-621-2065. Uh, like I said, uh, talking point number three. Uh, you know, we saw the re the kind of reunion of Rick and uh, Daryl. And for, for whatever reason, they're starting to call them like Batman and Robin, the dynamic duo on the show. And it, it was more about them in this episode than it was anyone else. And I love seeing the two of them back sharing the screen together out on missions and whatnot. Because it's kind of like they lead this whole... They're kind of like the, the leaders of Alexandria. Yeah, I really enjoyed it. One of my favorite parts of the episode was when Rick puts in that CD. And Daryl's like, come on, man, don't do that. And he's playing like the song, you can, Dar you can tell Daryl's pissed off. <laughs> well, that was pretty funny. I, I, think, I think that both of them together, you can tell that they are very serious in their roles, but they also have like a brother, like a brotherly love between the two of them because they're always making decisions together. You can tell they enjoy being around one another. They have a, I think a very similar mindset of just, you have to do the right thing. But the only difference is that I feel like Rick has to calm Daryl down. Like Rick's kind of like that older brother who was like, come on, man, just relax. Like when Daryl wanted to like, whack Jesus and Rick's like, if it wasn't for me, he'd probably still be tied up in that tree. So <laughs> It's funny how they're similar in some ways, but Rick kind of keeps Daryl down on Earth. And Daryl's had to do it to Rick a few times. So they kind of, while they're similar, their differences make them make them stronger. And I think it's it's really interesting to see how they interact on the show. And, and I know in real life they're really good friends. So I'm not surprised at all that they're really close, the characters on the show, as they are in real life. And it's fun to watch because it makes the show that much more dynamic where you see people that have a special bond, uh, especially two people that have had have gone through some horrible things, losing a loved one. You know, Daryl lost his brother. Uh, Rick lost his wife. And and then he lost, and that other woman he was, you know, he really liked got killed too. So the both of them went through a lot, and I think it's what makes them so bonded. And they're a great team. I mean, they're when they're separate, they're pretty awesome. When they when they're together, they're pretty badass. <laughs> yeah, and you just <laughs> met, you just mentioned uh, the debut of Paul Jesus Monroe. He's gone by Monroe in the comics, but I think they changed his name to Devereaux because the Monroes were another family that was in Alexandria and they didn't want to confuse the viewers. I, I really love the character. That that was my prediction from last week when we saw the previews. Daryl holding the gun says, you know, back off or whatever. And a lot of people are not too sure what to make of Paul Monroe at this point. You know, he steals the keys from Rick jumps in the supply truck, and as he's driving off, he apologizes to them. And, you know, and, and right before he got in the truck, you can hear Rick about to ask him. He was like, have you killed? He goes, how many uh, walkers have you? And Daryl's like, no, 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 we don't want to ask him that. Daryl was already mad that the supply truck got stolen and driven off, and he's like, no, we're, we're not going to be friends with this guy. And, you know, we've seen his escapability tied to the side of the road. They get in the truck, and they're kind of, shooting the breeze the next thing you know he's on top of the truck and then when we get to the end they lock him in the the uh the room where they had the the wolf that 
you know, died last week or the week before, he's seen standing in the end. So Monroe's got the the ninja like escapability. And there's, I think they were interviewing Tom Payne, who plays him and says, do not judge a book by its cover. So there's more to what's going on than what we've seen so far. Yeah, I'm kind of curious to see how this is comes about because when you first meet him, he seems okay, right? He's like a decent person. Then he shoots the truck, and then it's like maybe this guy really isn't that cool. So uh, the way he escaped was just the, the number of ways he escaped was pretty interesting. And then not only his capability, but also the way he was able to steal that truck. And he, he's pretty thrifty. And I think what's going to happen is. I, haven't, I don't read the comics, but my assumption based on this episode and the preview for the next one is that he's going to lead them somewhere, and they're going to think he's trying to turn them, trying to uh, get them killed. But I, I think what's going to happen is they'll be put in a bad situation, which maybe wasn't his fault. And he's going to help. He's going to help save them, and I think his thriftiness and craftiness and ways to escape are going to come in handy for this group because sometimes they get caught up in pretty bad situations in his. I think his his sort of likable personality in a way, uh, even though he was even though he did do some pretty messed up things to Daryl Rick by stealing uh, by stealing the truck and those sorts of things. But I think but it was interesting because remember when he pointed the gun at Daryl, he was actually going to kill the Walker. So yeah. it's kind of like he wants to help them, but he wants to be alone. So I think he'll he'll end up being a, a, a key member of this group. Uh, later on throughout the season and possibly down the road because I don't know again I don't read the comics so I don't know what's going to happen next but I, I I like his character so far and I think he would be a great addition to Alexandria because of just the ways he's able to uh, to handle himself and do things because if you remember Rick did ask Daryl once you know after a little scuffle what they had in the woods he said he asked him he said did he ever pull a weapon on us and they were like no so so like I said, there's more to meets the eye than what you know Paul Monroe's showing us right now. Speaking of the supply truck, I thought it was interesting that after all that mess they went through, the you know finding the supply truck, having it stolen, getting it back, and then the thing rolls right into the lake or the river or whatever it was, and I was just like, you know, I'm watching that scene and they're they're literally fighting inside the truck. They both jump out, and I was like, oh man, they just lost all those supplies. Because they couldn't, and, you know, part of me wants to blame Rick and Daryl because, you know, Paul Monroe's like, hey, let's let's have a discussion about this, and they don't want to have any of it. Yeah, that was pretty crazy to see the supply truck. They get it back, and then, first they get it, and then they lose it, they get it back, and then it ends up rolling into that pond. And just, what, what just an unfortunate series of events, every time they get it back, something would happen to it. But like you and I were just saying, Daryl and Rick, when they're together, something always bound to happen. So I wasn't surprised that they lost the supply truck because there's always something with those two. And like, even though I said that I think Jesus is going to be welcomed into the group, I think if people find out about what happened, it's going to maybe tear Alexandria apart and people are going to be happy there and people are going to be upset because there was a lot of uh, goods in that truck that they needed. So I think that uh, that's going to play a role in the following episodes. And while all this was going on, we are about midway through the talking points here. We're into talking point number six. We see the return to Deanna in the form of a zombie. For those that don't remember or can't recall, Deanna was 
injured. She got up. She was going to kill herself by suicide with the gun, but she got up and, you know, I guess that was a turning point in her her storyline was when she got up, you know, and, and instead of killing herself, starts killing as many zombies as she can and eventually gets eaten up and turns into a walker. Carl is in the woods talking with, I can't remember her name, and the zombie shows up and he's like, no, we can't kill him. He takes the zombie to Spencer, which was Deanna's son, and this is the bond that I saw between Spencer and Carl because I was wondering why Carl didn't kill her until I realized it was Deanna. And, you know, if you remember back, I think it was season three when the, the prison season, uh, yeah, I think it was her, right at the beginning of season three when Lori dies and Carl had to kill his mom. I guess, you know, he feel, he felt that Spencer needed the closure that he got and it would make him a better person for it. So I, I thought it was it was one of the moments like you're going to see probably more of a bond between Spencer and Carl now. I think you are going to see a bond between the two then because obviously they've both been through some traumatic things. And you hit the nail on the head with the comparison about Carl and his mother. It's unfortunate uh, what happened. And I think it's going to make them very close because it's, they have something to bond over. And the thing about Carl, Carl's very mature now. He understands how things and people work because he's been thrown into this world of just chaos. So I'm glad to see that he let Spencer get close because Spencer needed closure. And that was a pretty, in my opinion, probably a very, uh, probably one of the most unique points of the episode because, you know, things maybe to a casual viewer, oh, it's not that big of a deal. But in the grand scheme of things, it is kind of a big deal because it means that Carl and, and Spencer, assuming Spencer and, and Carl survive for a while, will end up taking some reins of leadership, you know, probably years down the road on the show, assuming they're both still around on it because Carl, uh, you know, obviously who his dad is, and Carl is a very mature young man who knows how to lead. Even though he has wandered off, he is still 15 years old. He's still young, but I think he's 15 years old in the show. I'm not really sure. I think in real life he's 15, maybe, but um, I, I definitely i am curious to see how this bond uh, between these two characters will continue down the road. Yeah, and on top of you know, on top of all the drama we had, there was some really great one-liners in the in this. You you mentioned when uh, you know that uh, what's his name, Paul Monroe shot the zombie, and he's like, "Hey, duck or whatever." Daryl ducks, he shoots him. Daryl, you know, kind of gives that smug thanks and proceeds to continue on with the fight. And that's just typical. Yeah, that's just typical Daryl for you. So I I couldn't expect, I didn't expect anything less from that one. But the, the line that I think was the funniest of the night was uh, they they tie Monroe up and they got the gun, you know, the guns pointed at him. He's like, are those guns even loaded? And they both simultaneously point their guns up and shoot the zombie. And I was just like, dang, you know, it's was, it was just one of the moments that was, you got to mix a little bit of comedy in there with all the drama and the violence and the killing that's going on. Did we lose you? Rich? Yeah, are you there? I'm here. Okay, no. I was just talking about the one-liners. Oh, the one-liners, yeah. There, there were some pretty funny ones. I enjoyed the show overall. Uh, but it's hard to favorite one because 
there's, there's always so many great ones. I, I don't think I have a favorite one, but one of the things about the show that I've always enjoyed is that there is comedy, even though it is a kind of a sad show, a sad show <laughs> at times or, or violent, but there's always something bound to happen. And um, really, really enjoy it. I mean, the one-liners, to me, make it in a way because you got to think a show that can be this violent and sad and, and sometimes depressing needs comedy because it, it can it kind of keeps it going and and um again it adds another dynamic to the show and talking point number eight uh the missing characters from the the episode glenn maggie sasha carol abraham we saw a little bit of dwight at the beginning when they were uh they were going out he stops and talks to them about some sort of corn some sort of uh energy supplement or something that they can go scope out so you know i'm, I'm curious to see i hope we see as a matter of fact we see glenn and maggie from the previews for next week and they're digging something and no idea what it is but there was some sort of action going on in the background i'm guessing that's that may be the scene where Paul Monroe kind of escapes or whatever. So hopefully we'll see what's going on with these characters. Cause like I said, it's been two months and I was just like, I, I, I know what the, they were, the creators were doing with the show. They were, they were, it was more geared towards the Rick and Daryl element. So yeah, the, the missing characters. Um, you know, it was funny. I was just talking about Samantha, talking to Samantha about this the other night. We didn't see Glenn and Maggie, and I think Rich, you and I have talked about this probably off off the air a few times. Is that there are episodes where you're not going to see these main characters, and I know Glenn. Obviously, they were separated him and Maggie for a bit of time, uh, and that was kind of. It's kind of weird to not see them, and I think that they're going to probably have a bigger role in the next episode because they were in one of the previews, but I'm not really sure how much longer Glenn has on this show because, Rich, you you you've told, you and I talked about this. It seems like every time there's near death, he escapes it, and there's only so many more times I think he's going to be able to get away with it. I, you know, I think Negan ends up in, in the comics, at least is yep. my understanding, yeah. is that Negan kills Glenn. Uh, yeah, there's, so, no, there's, I'm kind of worried about Glenn. <laughs> well, if you, from my podcast last week, that was one of my talking points was the whole, you know, there, I can see the possibility of them killing Daryl because he blew up the biker gang, but just something tells me, you know, we don't know what's going to happen. I just don't think you can alter a, a killing of that magnitude deviated from the comic books. So and I've heard so many theories about who they're going to kill off because it'll affect Rick. And I try and explain to these people that Negan just picks the person at random. So it could be anyone. Uh, talking point number nine. Okay, so that, this was one of the most... This was a shocker because I think, you know, for those that listened to what was it, my bum and studs of the week, I gave Rick my stud of the week just for this show. Man... I kind of, in a way, saw the, the hookup between Michonne and Rick coming. Because if you think about it, Michonne has been like the mother figure to Carl since Lori died. She's been on, uh, she'd been on missions with him when, when he got shot in the eye last week, or the, the, during the, uh, premiere, you know, she kissed him on the forehead, made sure he was okay before she went out and fought the zombies, 
So, you know, it, it kind of started tying in. And that was another theory that I heard that they were going to kill Michonne Hoff from, by Negan. And I was like, no. Nah. I said, I, I'm not buying that one. This whole love interest thing with them hooking up has just now started. So I'm sure the fans have been asking for it for a while. So they're probably going to try and ride this thing out as far as they can. But Rick, Rick's a pimp. Yeah, I was surprised that that happened, but I guess in the comic book that Rick and Michonne are together, if I'm not mistaken, that's what I've heard from some people. I'll have to look that up and, and uh, talk about that next week. <laughs> I have yeah. no idea. Yeah, so that was pretty interesting, but it, at the same time, it's not, because you think about Rick and Michonne, they have both lost loved ones. Uh, Michonne, if I'm... If I remember correctly, Michonne's husband was one of the, the walkers that she kept around with her, right? With no arms, was one of the walkers mm, that she kept on the leash. Her husband. I you could be right, but I can't be a hundred percent sure. So and say I, you're I, wrong I'm, either. I'm trying to remember because yeah. the show has so much that goes on. But I know that she did lose a loved one, and he did too. And Michonne's the, the actress that played Michonne talked about it on the talking dead after it was that they both there was a mutual interest, but it was just they had to make sure it was the right time. So when it finally happened. I mean, I was not expecting that to happen, to be honest with you. And then probably the most awkward part about the whole situation is when Jesus walks in the room and they're both butt naked. And he's like, oh, we got to talk about this. Yeah, we, and I was <laughs> like, Rick, by the way, we need to talk. You just was like sitting there thinking, how long has he been standing there? Because I knew he had this capability, but I didn't know he was kind of a pervert either. You know, it was like, oh, hey, we got to talk, man. <laughs> Which brings us to talking point number eight. So that's how the episode wraps up. We meet Jesus. A lot went on in that ap- episode. You know, my predictions for next week is, as I'm along with you on the lines, they're going to take them somewhere. I think there's going to be some sort of agreement or some sort of via trade. That There's more, but we, all, we obviously know that there's more survivors in The Walking Dead, and we're just starting to meet them now. We've already been introduced to Negan and the Saviors. It's like I said, Negan is only guaranteed for the finale, and according to his internet movie database page for Jeffrey Dean Morgan, he's only credited for one episode of The Walking Dead so far. So I'm going to take their word for it that uh, he, we won't see him till the uh, finale. But I still think that we're, we're going to meet the Hilltop community, and the new character Gregory will come into play. Gregory is the leader of the Hilltop community, for those that don't know in the comics, so I'm guessing... You know, we're we're rolling right along with the comics. I'm not going to spoil too much more, but that's just, you know, and I've already said that in the comics we, we've talked about the, the Glenn situation, but we know that the show deviates from the comics just a little bit. So anything is open for possibility right now. Yeah, I'm, I'm interested to see what happens. Although during one of the previews, it might have been, I can't remember for sure in the talking get over it was after the episode, but it Jesus takes them somewhere and it looks like Rick and his group are not happy with him about where he's leading them. So I think next week we could maybe meet the Hilltop community. I'm not sure because the, the one thing about the show I enjoy is that they don't give away too much in the previews. Nope. You always love to be wondering what's going to happen next. So perhaps it's just going to be Jesus taking them out somewhere and then they'll maybe they, uh, Maybe you don't come across the Hilltop community next week. Maybe it's a week or two after that. But I'm not really sure what's going to happen next Sunday. But I'm looking forward to it because this show, I mean, especially this season, has really turned it up. And 
the things that go on is just incredible, and I and I love how the second half of this season started off the first two episodes. Yeah, and Daryl, I think uh, Norman Reedus plays Daryl, said the first two episodes were phenomenal, and he was right on that one. They were kind of like changing points of the whole landscape of the show. So that brings us into a little bit of news bit that I read actually yet last night. We, you know, me and you were talking off air about it. Uh, so apparently they're coming with a problem with Negan. For those that don't know, Negan's got a potty mouth. He loves dropping the F-bombs. That's his favorite word. Okay, so uh, Greg Nicotero, one of the directors for the show, they, the way they introduced him, they filmed two separate segments. They filmed a clean version, and they filmed a dirty version. Now, it's interesting because you were telling me earlier in the show about the Mexican president. You know, I ain't paying, you know, I'm not doing you know build no effing wall or whatever it is the the talking point here is for those that watch the people versus oj not once but twice have they dropped they they've dropped the f-bomb i think it was in the week before last marshall clark finds out that johnny cochran's on the 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 uh, his lawyer panel and she's like mother effer and then this week it was uh john travolta's turn and you know they were talking about uh, talking about him on the tv and he's like just just effing say it or something and i'm like you know it, it it's just i think amc is going to roll the dice and let, i hope they roll the dice and let this let let the f-bomb slip i mean because if fx is doing it and nobody's raising anything about it you should go ahead and do it because one of the guys in the gym that i talked to today I told him, I said, you know, we were talking about this. said, if you're watching a show about killing zombies and, and, you know, you see dead bodies laying on the floor and there's sexual, you know, orientation, it's an adult show. So why not? You know, it's not like little five and six year old kids are watching this show anyway. Yeah, I'm actually kind of curious to see if more TV shows are going to allow that to fly. And I think we're going to start probably seeing more of it because <clears throat> you can, number one, a lot of people use Hulu and Netflix now, right? And they both stream HBO and, well, I think Hulu streams uh, not HBO, but I'm trying to think of the name of the other channel. I'm, I'm drawing a blank here, but they have some adult shows on it too, uh, even with adult language and things FX. like that. Um now it's one of the big. It's not HBO. It's one of the other big Showtime? ones. Showtime. Uh, that's what it is. Yeah, Showtime. I know the. I think Hulu had Ray Donovan on for a little while. Oh, Ray Donovan, another good one. So the reason why I draw that comparison is now because so many people use those. I, I think it should be on TV now. Should it be on during the daytime? Probably not. Now something that uses strong language that should be on later at night, where kids aren't going to be watching it as much. Because the thing is, if you don't have sexual scenes on shows, lots of violence and blood. I don't think there's really an issue with the F being dropped on, on TV. And I used to have mixed feelings about it because I think I think at certain points maybe it wasn't wasn't appropriate. But if there was a time, you know, because a lot of these shows are on later at night, 9, 9 p.m., where little kids aren't going to be up. And if they are, I doubt they're going to be watching these shows. So I, I don't think there's an issue with the F being used on TV. I, I don't have a problem with it. You know, how many people slip up all the time on TV and stay on the news now? And, you know, you hear it on the news. In the interviews, just to case in point, when the Mexican president, although he definitely said that word with emphasis like he meant it, it happens all the time. So why not have it on a TV show? And uh, I, I think that if you're going to air it on the air, and I, I agree with you 100%, if you're going to 
if you're going to air shows that are already geared toward violence and zombies and scaring the living daylights out of some people, go ahead and do it. I, I think they're waiting to see what the, F, the FCC is going to say about FX. And it's not, it's not even like... The, nobody's really raising any kind of hell over what they did. It's just like, roll with an AMC, let him do it once. One time is not going to hurt you. It's an iconic character in the comics, and if you want to bring him to life to show the intensity of him, I will give you the 100% go-ahead that I will not be upset if you do it. What's he there? Because <laughs> I, I want to see Negan, I want to see the badass Negan, not the, the wimp Negan. And according to the comics, this guy is the dirtiest. Uh, the, he makes the governor look like a, a little kitty cat. So, you know, that was Sunday night's episode. Uh, we only got a few more days. The next episode airs. Like I said, if you want to get in on the conversation, the text line is open. It is 252-621-2065. Uh, once again, that's 252-621-2065. So, of course, you know, AMC, you know, the funny part is, is they had this thing timed perfectly. Super Bowl ends. The very next week, The Walking Dead comes back. Uh, the the following Monday, Better Call Sal premiere comes back. And a lot of people didn't care for the premiere. But I said, just give it a little bit of time. And uh, when they did the Talking Sal segment after the, the season premiere, it was like, we're still like, two episodes away from where he be actually becomes Saul Goodman. And we saw a little bit of that last night. Uh, the first uh, talking point, and forgive us, we may run a little over tonight. We'll see how it goes. I want to get through the Better Call Sal and the other, the little other four news, uh, entertainment news tidbits that are running right now. The, the intro to the episode shows Chuck, the return of uh, Jimmy's brother Chuck, played by Michael McKean. Great actor, great character. He's playing the piano. Uh, the leader of the law firm comes off, drops the supplies off, and it's kind of like, you know, you see the sensitive side of him, but at the same time, it's like that was Jimmy's job. And it, it was a beautiful way to open up an episode. Yeah, that was really, I really liked that. I thought that was a nice way to uh, start the episode, especially because Chuck had a major role in season one, especially about where, why Saul Goodman, or, you know, wanted to, or, well, Saul in Breaking Bad, but, uh, but Jimmy, in uh, <clears throat> Jimmy, as of right now, wanted to leave the law because, because of his brother Chuck kind of screwing him out of that job. So it was, I was happy to see him back. And uh, I'm kind of curious to see how the, both of them interact around each other now especially with Jim taking up such a big role in that law firm. Yeah. Cause they get hired by. <laughs> yeah. Cause, and we saw, we saw what happened last week. Uh, Kim switches places and puts a, uh, uh, well, his name, his name's not, we're going to still call him Jimmy for the purposes of following what the, the episode's doing. She puts her name. She sits him next to Jimmy uh, they all say, turn your cell phones off, da-da-da-da-da, Chuck's coming in, Chuck comes in, and the intense stare-down between the two shows you what kind of relationship this is going, because it's obvious that uh, Chuck does not think that Jimmy's a legitimate lawyer, and Jimmy is still upset with Chuck because he didn't help him get that job, so th there, there's a lot going on, and I hope there's some sort of explosion coming in the, in the, the near future between those two, because... 
I think that's something that the fans want and the fans need. Yeah, that like I just said, it was obviously a very tense uh, reunion. And again, like I had mentioned, I, I think it's going to be an interesting dynamic and plot line for the season about whether or not these two are going to be able to, well, really, Jim couldn't be able to forgive Chuck. Because remember, Chuck, even though Jim is kind of a sleazeball, I did think it was wrong how Chuck treated him uh, towards the end of season one, the end of season one. So I'm curious to see what these two are going to be like together and whether or not if Chuck's going to keep pushing him away and turn him into Saul Goodman, the sleazy lawyer we saw in Breaking Bad, helping drug, uh, drug kingpins pretty much run their operations. So <laughs> in some sort of ways, he helped him run it, I guess. Not fully, but and it was watched Breaking Bad. He had, a, he had a pretty good role in that show. So kind of interesting. And uh, also another fun fact while we're on this topic, I, I, I had forgot about this, that Bob Volendrick uh, was also on an episode of The Office. Um, Did not know when, that. Never, yeah, never watched first. Yeah, he was on. He was also on an episode of Bob's Burgers too. Uh, hmm. He played a really shady, a really shady insurance guy that was trying to help these people commit insurance fraud, and he was going to give him a cut of the money, the money that he had too. So he's always playing some like wacko and on whatever TV show he's on. <laughs> <laughs> uh, talking point number three: uh, Lester and Mike. That's been an interesting duo, you know, Mike was working with Lester, going to be his, you know, watching his back as he did the the prescription drug deals. Guys, they st- they find out who steals baseball cards, it was obviously Nacho. He helps him get them back, he says, well, I'm going to give you, I think it was like $60,000 or something, and you're going to, and the other guy got like ten grand because he sold him the Hummer or something. So he made a profit, the guy got his baseball cards back, and it was basically the end of the the, the two says, well, we're just going to consider our services over. It was kind of interesting to see that Nacho was could actually work at a legitimate job with his father, mind you, at some auto body shop. Yeah, that was it. It was really funny to see <clears throat> Nacho at the uh, at his father's chop shop, or well, not chop shop, but his shop, and then <clears throat> so that was it. Mike and Lester are definitely an interesting dynamic. Uh, because Lester is such an airhead, and Mike is just, he, he's hardened, he knows what he's doing, and he clearly thinks that Lester is just a, a complete clown, because remember, he was like, don't you get involved in the police, because that's not good for my well-being, and something tells me that if Lester screws Mike over, Mike's not going to be very happy, Mike might hurt Lester. Lester's just kind of a doofy dude that got caught in the middle of some bad stuff, <laughs> and somebody like that needs a guy like Mike around, because Lester got hustled big time, by Nacho, and Nacho went to the went to the Hummer and found his address and, and ransacked his house. Yeah, and that was one of the scenes. And we're gonna skip over the whole uh, losing his Hummer because that was obviously he was selling it to the chop shop, and Lester was giving him all the information on how to t- take care of it. And he's like, ah, I don't think they're gonna care about that at the chop shop. Uh, Jimmy finally gets rid of his old clunker and gets a new company car. I thought that was interesting. I'm actually going to miss that little thing because it was like one of the selling points for all the, uh, how they would pitch the show on TV that he was some scumbag lawyer, you know, some low-life lawyer, and he had a choice to go between right and wrong and drives right down the middle. So it was another one of the big key moments. Yeah, that was kind of interesting. Like you said, it, it, sells, it sells a show that he's just kind of like a 
scumbag lawyer when he uh, has this hunk of junk car, which is what that shirt, what that car was, was a piece of trash. And so, kind of disappointed to see that. But I like the idea of a company car, actually. To be honest with you, I think it's pretty, pretty interesting that they um, that they brought that onto the show. And maybe I, what I think is going to happen is because remember, Saul really is kind of a scummy lawyer. Maybe all this power is going to get to his head, and that's going to make him snap and, and eventually turn into Saul Goodman. Yeah, you actually had something to add on Nacho real quick. Yeah, so when I, a couple of years ago, I, I stumbled across, I was looking like for a good horror movie to watch or something that was recommended, and I came across this movie called Territories, which is a, I don't know if I'd really call it a horror film. What it's based about is about these young group of people coming home from a wedding in Canada, and they skip the Canadian border where they have the Mounties or the border the border patrol and they skip and they come down there I think it was a dirt road and they get stopped by these two gentlemen with a tow truck and they pretend to be border agents and they end up detaining them because they think Michael Mandel's character is a is a terrorist sympathizer and they they, they kind of torture them in the ways that they tortured people in Guantanamo Bay kind of and uh, long story short I, I watched it it was a very disturbing movie I don't think I actually ended up finishing it but I remember seeing Michael Mandel, and then I'm like, yeah, hey, you know, like, that guy's a pretty decent actor. I liked his, his role in that movie of trying to, you know, trying to escape and get out and, and the way he acted and because he was accused of being a, a terrorist sympathizer. And I was like, I'd like to see him in some more stuff. And then I see he got casted as Nacho in the show. I'm like, that's awesome. So I watched him a few years ago in that movie, and it's really cool to see him come from an independent film from Canada to one of the best, in my opinion, best TV shows um, on air right now, and it's just on AMC. When you make yep. it on AMC, in my opinion, you've made it because they have so many great shows. So it's, it's, I'm really happy for him. He seems like a very talented actor. I follow him on social media. He seems like a pretty laid-back kind of guy. He, he's also in Far Cry. Uh, one of the characters, they use his faith and yeah. in, in, in put in a Far Cry. So he's done some pretty interesting stuff in his career. So... It's really cool that he can do different types of uh, film on TV and movies and also video games. So it's pretty incredible. I like it. Yeah, that is interesting. I did not know that. I, I I don't personally watch disturbing movies myself either because I tend to like get lost in them and they start rambling on in my mind for days on end. I didn't know it was going to be and then I started watching it and I was like, oh, this is too much for me. So I shut it off. <laughs> I, <think laughs> I, like, oh. I don't blame you there. Oh, that's made me sick to my stomach. <laughs> okay, so the towards the end of the episode, we finally see Jimmy slowly becoming Saul. You know, Mike says, I need a favor. I need you to do this pro bono. You know, tells him the whole story with Lester. They're sitting in there, and Lester keeps rambling on and rambling on, and Jimmy's finally like, I'm not his lawyer. I'm just kind of here as uh, an advisor. And he finally sends him out of the room and goes into detail about what happened. I thought the squat cobbler line was brilliant. I literally about fell out of my recliner when he said that. And then he had to go on and explain to the to the police officers what a squat cobbler was. I just think, you know, and I think that's going to be the turning point of this entire show from going from a do-good lawyer all the way to Saul Goodman, the, the, the lawyer that we all love from Breaking Bad. Oh yeah, that that was the funniest thing of the whole show when he <laughs> he made that when he made that whole thing up. I'm like, man, this guy really is a slickster. <laughs> it was just 
that that was probably the funniest part of the episode because I remember I was messaging you during the first episode of the season two premiere, and he says to me, "I'm a squat cobbler," and I'm like, oh, "I haven't watched that one yet." And you go, and "You're like, you're going to enjoy it." Dude, <laughs> I, I could not stop laughing when I was watching. I was literally in tears when he was explaining this thing. I'm like, "How does this guy come up with stuff like that?" I know it's like. Creative. He said squat cobbler. I said, what in the heck is a squat cobbler? Then when he explained it, I was like, oh, I get it now. So my predictions moving forward. Oh, I'm sorry. Before we get into the predictions, uh, at the very end of the episode, we see Kim and Jimmy sitting on the bed. And, you know, Jimmy's explaining what had happened. And she was like, oh, you got paid for this? No, I was just helping somebody out. She's like, oh, so you kind of like twisted evidence around to help free guy. No, no, it's not like that. And he's trying to explain himself, but he knows what he did was wrong. But, you know, and I think that's what's going to hold him back just a little bit longer from turning into Saul was because Kim still has this thing for him. But I'll go and go into my predictions. I still don't think that he's going to hold Kim off very much longer for the simple fact that he realized how easy it was to get someone off by twisting the rules just a little bit, and eventually, I think by the end of next episode, we are going to actually see Saul Goodman. I think by the end of the next episode of the one that we are, because just the way that whole thing, it, it was kind of, I was kind of surprised that he told Kim what happened, but you could tell she was not happy with him, and... Uh, I'm just going to leave it at I mean, Kim clearly just wasn't happy, and it was kind of funny that you mentioned that because your, uh, your next talking point up, oh, you said that uh, we're going to talk about predictions for next Monday's episode, which is the next talking point. It was kind of funny. You said yep. that we'll probably see Saul next Monday, and I, I think it'll be probably two more episodes, probably not at the next one, but the one after that we'll see Saul Goodman, but I think next Monday we'll see a little bit. Maybe, maybe like right at the end of the episode you'll start seeing him turn. And then the episode after that, he'll be a full-blown uh, Saul Goodman. And I think it's going to happen next week, though, is that somebody's going to find out about this, not just Kim. Chuck. And they're going to fire. Watch it be Chuck. That would be, that would be a surprise. That would actually be a good pick if Chuck found out what Jimmy did. Because yeah, no, Kim's not going to keep her mouth shut. Yeah. Oh, no, and I no, think, she no, she's, she's going to tell some. Somebody's going to find out about it, and he's going to lose that job. I think you're right. I think we may look at another. I think we're gonna look at another episode of someone quote unquote letting the cat out of the bag on that one. But then again, I still don't think that that Lester guy is gonna stay out of trouble either. I think he's gonna need Saul again. Yeah, and, and, and the reason why I don't think Kim is not gonna is not gonna keep her mouth shut is because she seems like a very honest person. She doesn't like being lied to. Uh, you could tell she was obvious, obviously upset with Jimmy. So. In my, in my honest opinion, I think she's going to say something because she doesn't want that guilt hanging around her knowing that she allowed him to get away with it. And and then she'll be like, well, I let him get away with this for a little while. And and then if people start beating down her neck about it, it's going to be game over for her. So she's going to do what I think to protect her own self and also the law firm that he works for because she helped him get a job there. Her reputation's on the line big time with that stuff he pulls if somebody finds out. Yeah, so those are the, the, the two recaps that we got for you guys. Uh, tune in Sunday night, new episode of The Walking Dead, followed by Monday night's episode of uh, episode three of Better Call Saul. We'll get into those recaps next week. I've got about four quick stories that I'm going to go over, and, you know, I kind of understand number two. 
the first one, one of my friends was actually asking when I was going to go over this. Uh, so here it is. Eminem is reportedly back in the studio working on his ninth studio album. This has been reported earlier in the week. It's been reported more often than not, and that's probably why, you know, Eminem released uh, the South Paul soundtrack, I think it was back in August, and we literally have not seen or heard anything, anything from him, whether it's on tour, whether he's releasing new music, so it kind of makes sense that maybe he is working on some new material to release to the fans, but uh, as you can see in my notes, I'm personally hoping that it's another Bad Meets Evil album. I just really wasn't impressed with the Marshall Mathers LP, too. I am interested to see what this album is going to be like, and I didn't even realize it was his ninth. So I didn't either but, until I read that. <laughs> yeah, so that was a little bit surprising. So I'm, I'm, I'm interested to see what this album is going to be like. I'll probably buy it when it comes out, because it is Eminem, and he's one of the greatest rappers of all time. So I'm excited for this. It's going to be interesting. Yeah, it really is. Uh, number two, kind of really, the Oscars are Sunday night, and me personally, I'm going to watch The Walking Dead. Th this is how pissed off I am at the Oscars in general. How in the hell, and I'm sorry guys, but we're, we're going to talk a little Oscar snubs. Let's see, you had Johnny Depp for Black Mass, which was one of the best movies of the year from last year, I thought. Uh, Ridley Scott for Best Director of The Martian. Straight out of Compton for Best Picture or Best Supporting Actor for uh, uh, Ice Cube Jr. Uh, Michael B. Jordan wasn't even nominated for Creed, and Quentin Tarantino for Best Director of The Hateful Eight. And where where was uh, what's uh, Jake Gyllenhaal for Southpaw? I mean, really, the Oscars have completely lost their mind. <laughs> I, this is why this is why I'm boycotting them this year. How in the hell? Does Johnny Depp not get nominated for that performance of Whitey Bulger? Somebody has, somebody's got to explain themselves on this one. Yeah, I'm I'm with you there. And well, I think there's a couple reasons as to why Black Mass might not have been uh, nominated because there's been a lot of mob movies that have come out, and people might have said, "Well, this is like you know a lot like the other ones," but the fact that Mad Max got nominated over that. I'm um, not really sure how they got nominated for Best Picture. Uh, not that I didn't think it was bad. I like Bridge of Spies. I thought that was good. I still haven't seen Spotlight, but I hear that one's good. And I haven't seen The Remnant, but The Martian was pretty good. He also got The Big Short, which I heard was good. Brooklyn, I never saw that in Room, which I haven't seen. Best Actor, I'm not really exactly sure how he got scrubbed on that one. Uh, snubbed. So th there was definitely some someone that I'm not exactly thrilled with. And Rachel McAdams actually got nominated for one, but not for Southpaw. She got nominated, well, because she was, well, really wasn't in Southpaw, but she got nominated for Spotlight as the supporting actress. I don't yeah. know if Southpaw got nominated for for anything. anything. Nope, neither did Southpaw wasn't in there. Straight Outta Compton wasn't in there. But it's like I said, Johnny Depp probably had the greatest role of his career. Even he said he, he enjoyed playing Whitey Bulger more than anything else. And it, it just amazes me. And it's like you said, maybe it was a mob movie and maybe the people of Boston didn't really want that film being made. But you got to put aside your differences and look at the body work that Johnny Depp put into that role. It, it just blows my mind how badly I think the Oscars dropped this one. I think they got a couple of nominations for Bridge of Spies, which I have not yet seen. Every time really I go to Redbox, it's out. Yeah, every time I go it's to Redbox, really it's freaking good. out. 
And I thought Creed was coming out on DVD, but I got the dates wrong. I asked my Redbox guy, and he was like, no. Nah. He's like, you're not the first one to ask me about that. And he's like, I haven't seen it yet. What he normally does is he puts them in the Fridays before they come out. And I think Tuesday's the first. So I didn't see him today, but he said he has not gotten a shipment in of it. So I, I'm interested to see how the Rocky spinoff works out. Uh, I'm curious to see you too. I hope that Rocky uses the word bum like Coach Make it a lot in the original <laughs> Rocky movie. That would that would make it that would make it for me. Yeah, bum. <laughs> well, from what I understand, they did really really well with this film. And for those you know that were curious, Steve Cunningham said this was the greatest boxing movie ever made. But then when he went on to say he was a he had a cameo in it, cameo in it. I was yeah. like, yeah, okay, Steve, we understand that you're just trying to pitch your, pitch the movie so they can come see because to see you because I think he gets a portion of every time somebody buys a DVD, he must get some sort of royalty for being in the film. Uh, number three, we've been following this Red Dead Redemption story for a while now, and apparently the latest rumor is is that the E3, which you know, I said a couple weeks ago before you went on vacation that there was speculation that they were going to reveal the trailer for Red Dead Redemption 2. You know, we're still, what, three or four months out from actual maybe trailer play. But apparently they've done something where they're going to have more boost there this year. Like, they bought a big section of this thing out, and I, to me it's got to be Red Dead Redemption 2. So that that's the speculation is the the little bit of rumors from they're going to unveil at E3 to the confirmed news that they bought in this big section like they're they're going to show a huge presence there means to tell me that it's got to be finally a Red Dead Redemption 2 release date. I'm curious to see that. Let's just see the trailer because I'm I'm because I really like the original uh, Red Dead Redemption. I love the ending. Undead version. So, I really am looking forward to seeing what they're going to offer on this one. You've been talking about this for, it's very to shut up the free show, and every time I hear news about it, it's kind of disquiet. I, I just want to see something to let me know that they're actually making this game because it's driving me nuts. <laughs> yeah, it, it's been driving me nuts too. It's like I said, the, the last one came out in the summer of 2010. Here it is six years later. So hopefully it's got to live up to its expectation for making us wait this long. And last but not least, the last little bit of tidbit, I did forget to mention last week in the podcast, I had written down the passing of the author of uh, To Kill a Mockingbird. Really, really tragic, such an iconic book. We read it in high school. And, you know, I can't, I'm not going to look up the author's name, but she passed away, like, I think it was actually that last Friday. So thoughts and prayers out to her family as well. Uh, the last little bit of tidbit before we get out of here is the Justice League movie that's been talked about for 20-something years finally starts production. I think it says April 11th or April. I think it's confirmed for April 11th or the 13th. Uh, this has been, like I said, we've been waiting years for a Justice League movie, and they're finally getting into the production phases. Really excited to see all the characters come back. Don't know what to think. I don't. I don't think they've decided on what they're doing with the villain. Jared Leto has been remaining quiet on that front as well. So we'll see on that one. Yeah, Justice League. I'm, I I didn't know this was actually going to start filming in early April, but like you had mentioned previously, uh, obviously Jared Leto is a Joker. Maybe we'll see some snippets of uh, what's to come in the Justice League movie at the end of 
<clears throat> Suicide Squad because a lot of these uh, comic book movies, especially the Marvel films, have um, lead-ins to other films at the end of their at the end of the movies, at the end of the trailers. So I'm kind of curious to see if DC, uh, you know, the people that are making these movies are going to do the same thing Marvel's done, where they're going to show a preview of the Justice League movie because I think DC, in my opinion, really outside of the, the latest Superman movie and the uh, Christian Bale Batman movie has had its issues with trying to get movies out there. Uh, and that's not to be disrespectful in any way. It's just the way it, it's kind of the cookies have sort of crumbled. So I think with the Suicide Squad and also uh, Batman vs. Superman, we're going to see some some early previews for, perhaps after the movies are over uh, during the credits of the Justice League film. So not surprised they're going to start filming it in April. It's kind of something, I guess, in some ways, but, but when I think of it, not really because you have Suicide Squad coming out this summer, plus you have Batman vs. Superman coming out really soon. So I think they're trying to ramp everything up and try to take over Marvel as far as superhero movies go, because Marvel has made a ton of money by releasing a few movies here and there throughout the course of a year. So I'm, I'm really excited to see what, the, what they're going to do with Justice League. You know, I hope they, and not to, not to make it a pun, but uh, make the bring justice to the comic books uh justice league so <laughs> i, I want to see them bring justice to the justice league i guess what i'm trying to say so totally excited for that one and i'm glad you brought that just, up Chris. Yeah. and it's we're just exciting like man i know and we're just like what almost three weeks away from uh batman versus superman i think it's like the end of march crazy how spring movie springs right around the corner guys uh, my closing thoughts for tonight, you know, uh, for those that listened in, appreciate all the, the love and support we get. If you happen to catch us on our archive, still thanks for downloading and listening to us. So I know it's hard to get a lot of listeners on, on a Friday night, this time of night, you know, we may consider just making this one a podcast. If we don't get the listener bases up for Fridays, that's something that me and you can actually, you know, talk about off air or whatnot. Uh, believe it or not, I've actually been watching the fuller house, the, the relaunch on Netflix, it uh, released uh, midnight last night. Didn't get a chance to watch any of it, uh, but now I'm hooked on the show. Kind of gives you the reminisce, the, the old school feel for Full House, but this one's geared about more towards the the kids from Full House as they're raising their own kids and whatnot. And I actually, I was telling my wife, I actually like this show better than I do Full House because it's got a little bit more adult comedy in it than what it normally did. Uh, nothing much going on this weekend. Going to do some homework and uh, maybe watch the end of that uh, the tournament down in Florida. Uh, I think it's the Honda Classic. See if uh, R- Ricky Fowler can hold off and win that thing. Still there? Did we lose you, Peter? Oh. I'm trying to see if I can get Peter back real quick. Anyway, that's all we're going to have for you tonight. We are slowly starting to lose my Skype. Uh, everyone have a great weekend. We will catch you guys for the uh, Sports Weekend Recap on Monday night, 9 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. Have a great weekend.